0: everybody. It's Marie Haynes here with another episode of Search News You Can Use. We're going to talk about the world of SEO uh, as it stands on June twelfth, two 2018. So as I'm recording this, it's a beautiful summer day here in Ottawa, and uh, it's hard to get work done. We have lots of site reviews that we're working on, um, but man, it looks really, really nice outside. So hopefully things are good where you are today. Um, let's talk about uh, SEO. So we're going to talk about some minor algorithm updates, a couple little Google announcements, a new Google patent, well actually it's a continuation patent I believe uh, that's quite interesting, and a bit of local SEO stuff as well. Um, so first let's talk algo updates. Last week was the first week in the whole time since I've been doing this newsletter that I actually didn't have a significant algo update to report on, and this week is only just marginally better, which is probably good, right? We don't want to, to have too many algorithm updates, otherwise it gets difficult to Interpret things uh, when I reviewed the sites that I have analytic access to I saw a large number of sites that saw improvements on June 4th of 2018 it they were all very mild improvements though. I think some of them could have even been seasonal changes and I don't hear a lot of chatter of people talking about this being an algorithm update. I'm going to go ahead and update my algorithm update list which you can find at mariehaines.com slash algo uh, to say that this was maybe a possible mild quality update uh, but it's hard to say. Barry Schwartz on Search Engine Roundtable was doing some talk about uh, June 8th potentially being an update as well. I have one client in analytics uh, who is seeing a very, very large gain on this date. Uh, it's still uh, debatable whether, um, I haven't checked to see if this is across the board for this client, or perhaps they have just one post that's uh, going viral. Um, so I'll keep an eye on that for you, and I'll report back next week on that, um, and we'll see if we have uh, really any significant changes. Um, again, just a reminder, if you would like my team to keep on top of your analytics and let you know when you've been updated or when you've been affected by an update, then just let me know, mariehaines.com slash contact, and, uh, we can get you in on our beta program for, um, for doing these checks so far, it's going really well. And it looks like something that we probably will expand, uh, you know, in the future, um, let's talk about the meta tag length warning in the old version of Google Search Console if you go to search appearance and then HTML improvements you can see a section that tells you whether you have meta descriptions that are duplicates that are too long that are too short um, whether you have title tags that are too long too short and uh, Google has said that they're not going to move this section over to the new Search Console this is something that we look at although in all honesty I don't spend a lot of time on this. Um, if your meta description, I mean, now the length of a meta description has changed. Uh, Google isn't even recommending a specific length. Um, and so what we recommend is we look at what sites are currently ranking well for your main term that you want to, uh, that you're optimizing for, and what, how their snippet in the search results looks as compared to yours. Um, and so I don't really set specific lengths. It's more based on what competitors are doing Uh, And so it makes sense that Google maybe does not want to include this in the new search console. Um, Let's talk a little bit about robots.txt files. There was some discussion on that uh, in a couple of places in my newsletter this week. Um, Just for the beginners in SEO, your robots.txt file, it's a text file that can basically tell bots, such as Googlebot, what parts of your site they are allowed to crawl. Now, for most sites, you really don't need to block anything, um, you know, from, uh, for, from bots. Um, some of the things that you might want to block are perhaps if you have a private member section that is never going to get indexed, or you have store pages that um, are just used internally and you don't want them in Google's index. Well, if you block them with robots.txt, then what you're doing is you're essentially saying, google you don't need to spend time crawling uh these pages and other bots as well Um, most bots will obey the robots.txt but there are some that still uh they they ignore it um but as far as as we're concerned for google if you block something by robots what that means is that google will not come and crawl it However, what a lot of people don't realize is that pages that are blocked by robots still can get in the index. And there's a couple of reasons why. One would be if somebody links to a page, then Google can find it. They may not crawl it because they found it on your site uh, by doing, by spidering your site, but it might be that they've crawled another site and that site has linked to one of your pages. And this is why sometimes you'll see pages in the index that don't have a snippet. Instead it says, this page is blocked by robots.txt. you can you can click to read more Um, the other reason for a blocked page to appear in the index is if you put uh um, if you put the block on after it's already gotten indexed so let's say you have a whole section of your site and you decide you know we really don't want this in google's index let's block it by robots well and so if you put a no index tag which tells google don't index this page and you also block it with your robots file, then what's going to happen is Google's going to see the robots block and they'll say, oh, well, we won't crawl this page. They won't see the no index tag. And as a result, that page is still going to stay in the index. So if you have pages that you wanna remove from the index, what you need to do is first add the no index tag, then you can submit the page and get Google to crawl it or just wait until Google revisits it. And once you've seen that it's no longer in the index, then you can add the robots block so that Google doesn't waste time crawling those pages again. I see a lot of people that get uh, confused about that, so um, there's more information on that in the newsletter if you if you want to expand on that a little bit more. Um, Google Search Console, we talked last week about the fact that the crawl stats are stuck on May 23rd, and this appears to still be the case. Uh, I have seen some people saying that they can see crawl stats that are recent. Um, I am not seeing it. Every site that I've looked at, the crawl stats are stuck on May 23rd. It's not a big deal, but some people do look at this information. Google's aware of it, and there's really nothing we can do to uh, force Google to um, to move that data up and uh, update it so that it's up to to date. Um- there's a bit of discussion here on a Google patent update. And this is the phrase-based indexing patent. And once again, Bill Swalski has written about this patent. And what he says is it's basically about Google um, trying to find related terms. And so we've talked about this a lot before. I mean, it used to be in the old days, if you were trying to rank for green widgets and you put green widgets on your page 100 times, you'd increase the possibility of you ranking for that term. Um, Google's much better now at uh, you know determining what things are actually related to green widgets. And so my newsletter for paid members, I talk about how I can you can actually use the Google results to determine what types of related terms Google thinks are related to your main keywords. And then what I recommend doing is adding those into your post. Um, the trick is to do it though in a way that doesn't sound like an SEO wrote the post. Uh, so again, there's more information on that in the newsletter. Uh, I thought it was interesting somebody asked John Mueller whether um, uh, about changes to a title tag. So most of you know that the title tag is one of the most important on-page factors for your page. Uh, I I think that it's vitally important to have keywords in your title tag and I do think that it's important to have your keywords at the start of your title tag. Maybe not in every single case, sometimes it might not make sense for users to do that. Um, But John said, here's a quote from him. If you're swapping the order of keywords in a title, I wouldn't expect that to have an effect on ranking, which is kind of interesting. So I did a study a few years ago, mind you, it's a small study and I wanna repeat it uh, with uh, more data, where I took three made up words and for each of them I created four posts that were very, very similar. The only difference um, in the structure of the posts was the order of keywords in the title tag. So, for two of those words, the, the, uh, and that I submitted them to the index in in random order. so um, you know it's not just the first page that I submitted got uh, indexed first, but or ranked first. But what we saw was that for two of those results, the uh, page that had the keyword first in the title tag ended up being the one that Google ranked for that keyword. Uh, and then in the third example, the keyword was still in the title tag, um, you know, but not first. So you, it's hard to draw conclusive evidence from that. I think what I'd like to do is maybe experiment with changing around the order again to see if perhaps I can get another page to rank. So hopefully that's something I can do soon. I still think uh, I, my recommendation still is make sure you have your keywords in your title tag in a way that doesn't read like it's overtly spammy. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's what I would recommend. Um, we've talked a little bit in the newsletter about how long does it take for a site to recover from a hit from a quality algorithm. So if your website was affected by one of these updates that I usually call a core quality update, it's something that it's very rare that you're going to be able to just tweak something and then instantly start ranking again. Uh, in my experience, it can take anywhere from a few weeks to more likely a few months. And in some cases, even a year or more to recover from quality hits. Uh, And so if you have been affected by quality updates, then you really need to be working on a great number of things on your site. And in some cases, I've seen sites that I do not think can recover. But in most cases, recovery is possible, I believe. Um, But a lot of the time, it takes more work than uh, a lot of people want to do. Often now, recovering from a quality hit is not something that just the SEO on their own can fix. Um, In a lot of cases, uh, it means that you have to make your business entirely better, Um, and that's something where, you know, an SEO can't come along and just add a few links uh, or tweak the the title tag. Um, You know, you have to be making significant changes so that when people look at your site as compared to the sites that are currently ranking well, they say, well, why is this site not ranking well? This is the most amazing site ever. Um, And so uh, I just wanted to emphasize again that recovering from a quality hit can take many many months uh, so you need to be patient if you're uh, if you have a website that is seeing declines and you're working on making changes There is some information in the newsletter on changes to Google News. Um, I have to admit I don't do a lot of work directly with Google News sites. Uh, So this is something I've reported on but I'm not really an expert on. Uh, There are some things such as some meta tags are uh, deprecated now, Um, the editor's picks, uh, the original source tag is deprecated as well. So if you're involved in Google News at all, then this is something that you probably should spend some time reading. And uh, there might be things that you're doing on your site that. Um, you don't need to do anymore uh, or that you need to make some changes to. Uh, In local SEO, there's a number of things that we've talked about. One thing I want to highlight is uh, changes to... the way that reviews are left, uh, a couple of people have pointed out that um, when they've left a review, Google has asked them, are you a customer of this business, are you the owner of this business, or are you a competitor of this business? And, uh, oh, maybe they didn't ask competitor. I think they asked, are you an employee? And um, if you're an employee, I think it's less likely that your review is going to be included. Um, I think this is a step in the right direction for Google. The problem, though, is that it's very easy to to get around this. Uh, You know, if I'm a disgruntled employee that wants to um, leave a bad review, then I'll just say that I'm not an employee. So we'll see. I mean, it's good that Google is um, making some changes here, but uh, I think they have a lot more to go uh, in terms of um, uh, review fraud and review scams. Um, Speaking of uh, bad reviews, uh, I... uh, found an interesting thing from Joy Hawkins where she gives some specific information on how to get reviews removed. Um, I actually had a really neat uh, situation. I mean this is I've done this before but um, this was uh, one that seemed to to work out really well where we had a a customer or um, a client of ours who has this competitor who keeps creating these spammy websites and keeps creating uh, Google My Business profiles at home addresses all across the city. And so what they're trying to do is get in on the proximity um, factor in terms of ranking so for local SEO if you are um, close to the city or close to the person who is searching then you have a better chance of ranking well so this competitor made a whole bunch of spammy websites and uh, made a whole bunch of Google my business profile listings that were um, the location was actually an employee's address which is against Google my business terms of service so uh, here's the process that I went through to uh, uh, to try to get these removed. Um, first of all, I used the flag function to flag each of these. And I think the the, the uh, thing that I checked off was um, this business is using a residential address. Uh, and so uh, we did that. And about a week later, nothing had changed. So next, what I did was post in the Google My Business forum and uh, basically said, look, here are um this one business has this many uh listings here they all are and um Uh, you know we believe that they're going against Google's Terms of Service. So it was about a week later where I had a response from one of the top contributors Tom W and uh, he said well we looked into this and actually we even found more um, listings from this business that were breaking Google's Terms of Service and they completely removed them uh, from the um, uh, from Google My Business profile. So we'll see I mean this business probably will start creating more listings again and we'll keep on top of that but I'm sure if you're doing local SEO, you've probably seen this situation where you have either reviews that you need to get removed or competitors that are doing spammy things. Uh, I know this is a really, really hard process for Google because they have to manually review a lot of these uh, reports, but um, Joy's got some other tips as well that we talked about in the newsletter. The, The best thing that I really liked was she said, be careful not to put too many links in your posts in the help forum because they can actually get labeled as spam. And what she recommended was that you actually create a Google Doc with all of the information that you have. So anything you can do to prove that a listing is either at a residential address or um, an address that doesn't exist uh, or, you know, something that is going against Google's terms of service, you can put that in the Google Doc and that improves your chances of um, actually getting this business removed. We also talk about a new format for posts, Uh, Google posts now you can put products in there um, and you can also put a call to action on your products. Uh, and then there's also a section for offers. So if you're a business that has sales, uh, you know, um, a seasonal sale or something like that, you can do this in a Google Post. So again, if you're doing any sort of local SEO, you absolutely must be using Google Posts. They seem to uh, expire after about a week, so you have to keep doing them. Um, but they really are a great way to uh, uh, to get more traffic and more, um, more eyes on your business. Uh, So I highly recommend Google Posts. And that's all we have for this week. I'll be, uh, once again, doing YouTube Live. We try to do that every Tuesday afternoon, although that can change depending on our schedule. Uh, My team and I are working on a big site review today, and um, I've got a bunch of uh, conferences and things coming up, so uh, I'll be writing about that in the newsletter. And I'd love to, you know, if I'm at a conference somewhere where you are, I'd love to um, connect and say hi. It's always great to hear uh, people who say that I've helped them with their SEO work. So that's all we have for this week. I wish you the best of luck with your rankings and we'll talk soon.